In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Good morning. Pressure is piling on Rishi Sunak over his Rwanda policy. Today, we're going to be asking you... Can Rishi fight on to the next election if his Rwanda bill fails? I want to hear from you. You can call me on 0344 499 1000. Calls are charged at your national rate and text cost one standard network message. Joining me to run through the top stories of today are Rebecca Hudson and former Labour advisor Matthew Lazar. Welcome Good to the morning. show. That was a bit of a clunky start. I just got thrown off my balance a bit there because uh, we, we lost the news, which will be coming, yeah, coming back very shortly. Look, so more of us, though, more of us. Exactly, that's what people want. We are going to have a rampant show today, but wow, what a week totally. next week is going to be. What a week we've had already. Let's start... And it's not over yet. No, exactly. Let's start by talking about this third Rwanda bill that's yeah. coming to Parliament. I've got to make my mind up over the weekend. I'll be talking to my uh, voters in Rosendale and Darwin as I go around all of those Christmas fairs and church halls. I'll be saying to them, what do you think about this? Let me set the context slightly, though. So um, we had the Borders and Migration Bill from Priti Patel, where Rwanda was first uh, introduced. We then had the Illegal Migration Bill, Ting Ting, that's number two, which was when Suella Braverman was the Home Secretary, which apparently was going to fix this. And now we have got whatever this bill is called, a new Rwanda bill, which this time, we've heard it from the Prime Minister, absolute promises, promises, <laughs> with his fingers crossed, <laughs> this is going to fix it. And I think what our viewers are thinking at home is, number one, why on earth hasn't it happened already? And we can get into some of the detail about how we try and fix it. But number two, we also learned today that we have already paid Rwanda one quarter of a billion pound, 250 million quid. Rebecca, how many people have they taken for 250 well, million pounds? Two home secretaries have gone, haven't they? Two home so secretaries. Very, very expensive. I think they really might be paid for <laughs> I'm losing count. But, so I think, I think I can count on two fingers the number of people who've yes. gone there. So it's yeah. zero. Big fat zero. Yeah. And that's, that's why actually we're asking this big throwout question to our audience today is, you know, how many failures, and look, even as a Conservative MP, I accept that so far... And I'm optimistic, but so far this has failed. We haven't sent one uh, illegal migrant to Rwanda. How many failures 
can Rishi take on this? That's Thank the big you. question. Is you know, is this something that is going to determine his future, either with the electorate, where they're just going to say, enough already, or maybe even with the Conservative MPs. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. It is becoming a farce, isn't it? I mean, panto season started early this week in Westminster. Uh, uh, do, you think, do you think when it comes to Rishi's enemies that Keir Starmer will be shouting, they're behind you? They're <laughs> <laughs> behind on, you! Um, uh, I, I mean, look, uh, this, this is just... We've now got to the stage where the country isn't being governed by the Prime Minister, it's being governed by what the sort of white smoke that emerges from the different Conservative tribes that meet, I think, sort of not only on a daily, but almost an hourly basis in Westminster to let, to, to let the government know what they will and will not accept. And it's uh, a situation that can't continue. When the Prime Minister's lost their authority, uh, it's really over for him. But we can't have another internal uh, uh, Tory fight. It's time for a general election. Well, yeah, right. We're only just at the start of the show. I was wondering how many times you can get that in today, Matt. I haven't done 13 so, years so Rebecca, yes. It's not two home sectaries, it's three. Three. It's three. There's a been bargain. It's bargain. Um, but that's not really the big question, is it? Is it do, you think, do you think this will work? So the Prime Minister has said this bill will absolutely work. All of the problems that have come from the courts, not actually his fault, it's not the government's fault, we've done our best, we have done our best. Uh, a lot of problems have been thrown up by the courts. Prime Minister says all of these problems are going to be solved. But Rob Jenrick, the Immigration Minister who allegedly wrote this bill, resigned on the day it came out, saying it doesn't go far enough. And of course, Suella Braverman was fired just a week or so ago before James Cleverly, our current Home Secretary, took over. But she sort of did a, a, an absolute corker of a resignation letter <laughs> where she described this, I think, as a victory of hope over reality or something like mm. that. Um, and she also says it's not going to work. So Prime Minister says yes. James Cleverly says yes, this will work. In fact, Jonathan Sumption, a very senior judge, says yes. But the ministers who are writing this say no. Which one of them's right? I think the ministers are right again. I think this whole thing is doomed to fail on every path, isn't it? It's probably not going to get through the Commons next week. It probably is going to get defeated by the courts. And it probably also isn't going to deal with the problem that we're trying to Absolutely. solve here, which is illegal migration. It's not going to act as a deterrent. There are plenty of loopholes, if we're to believe, um, ways that people will be able to appeal being, um, you know, deported to Rwanda. So it just, it's it's bad money after good, I think is the phrase at this point. Yeah. And, I think and more money than we were told originally. Well, maybe bad, maybe bad we money told. after bad. Because we haven't had well, anything. Yeah, I think bad. But it's all coming out of the overseas aid budget, isn't it? Is it coming out? I don't know. I think some of it is, yeah. I mean, look, we've seen this morning on the lawyers' front that the Times has got a very good splash this morning, that there were two pieces of legal advice went to the government saying that actually it isn't, that there will be challenges in the courts, although the government's put in protection on the broad issues involved, there were some specific loopholes that the bill doesn't close. Presumably that's what Robert Jenrick was worried about and why he thought it would, you know, the only way out was the ECHR... Uh, out of the ECHR or nothing. So, well, look, let, you know, let's look at that. You know, so I, like think, I think the real concern about this bill is Clause 4 and Clause 5. So let's deal with those uh, in order. First of all, the Clause 4 moment. Um, <laughs> we know a lot about that in my the, the, <laughs> quite, But Clause 4 effectively, effectively enables those who are going to be sent to Rwanda on an individual basis to make an appeal about their individual circumstances. And looking back, thinking back to that first flight that was going to go, there was about... 20, 22, 23 of them who successfully pursued this route and they claimed, uh, maybe correctly, but they made all sorts of claims from, I'm suffering from mental health issues that cannot be correctly dealt with in Rwanda and the court found that that was a reasonable excuse for them not to go, a reasonable reason, not necessarily excuse. 
I'm suffering from human trafficking, uh, I, I, somebody is pursuing a blood feud against me and they will be able to go to Rwanda and pursue that blood feud in Rwanda, I won't have the same protection. So the real concern, I think, of Rob Jenrick and Suella Braverman is that you haven't shut down that sort of a route open to everyone on an individual basis to challenge it. That's the concern with Clause 4. And then Clause 5 is something called a Rule 39 order. He says, quickly checking his I, I may have mentioned before, I'm actually a lawyer, I should know this. The Rule 39 order, which is the, uh, if, if you like, in British legal terms, we call it an injunction. It's the equivalent of an injunction that the court in Strasbourg can take out. Now, what this bill says, just to be absolutely clear, is that that injunction should not determine whether that plane leaves. So if you think about that flight that was going to Rwanda, there was 32 people, I think, from memory. 22 of them, 23 of them, used this individual mm. clause four um, to fight their case to get taken off that plane. There was nine of them. There was nine of them left going to go, and they all went to what they call these pajama judges, which is a Strasbourg court judge, two, three o'clock in the morning. They pull him out of bed. We don't even know the name. We don't even find out the name of the judge who makes the decision. And he said, no, I'm issuing this order that this plane cannot take off. And what this bill says is that a minister will make a decision about whether to follow that order by the European which is, mm. Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg. And what we found out from this government, and what the Rwanda government has been clear about, according to the Prime Minister, is they will not break international law. So when that injunction, to use British legal terms, lands, a minister, maybe even the Prime Minister, has got to make a decision about, do we technically break the law and the plane goes anyway, something Lee Anderson was calling for, or, or do we do what we did last time, which is say, well, Governments have to obey laws. Well, I think what, what, you're, what you're describing is, an, is a really porous piece of legislation. I mean, I don't want this to be a hard... I don't want it to exist. I'm not arguing to make it more hard line. Come on. But what, what, what more can we do? But clearly what's been drafted, <laughs> you, know, doesn't, you know, doesn't work, does it? You know, and I think the idea of carving out into ourselves from international treaties puts us in, you know, in kind of cahoots with, you know, some pretty unadmirable neighbours, you know, Belarus, Greece. Russia... People, we don't, I'm people I don't want to particularly I mean, Greece stand was after a military coup, of course. Yeah, <laughs> want to stand along, I don't particularly want to stand alongside them kind of, you know, on the, on the international stage. So it's just, it's just unworkable. And I think flogging it like we have and spending, like we say, a quarter of a billion pounds on this with stuff. The, with the bill still rising? With the, with, quite. I, it just it astounds me. For a clever bloke, as we're led to believe Rishi Sunak is, it sort of smacks of really poor judgment. So um, let's should... talk about how it's going to go through Parliament, though, Matthew. You said you don't think it will pass. I think you both said yeah. it won't pass. Um, I suspect you're wrong, and I'll tell you why I think you're wrong. So, first of all, it's what we call second reading on Monday. Do you agree in principle with the idea, so these Conservative MPs like me will have to make this decision, do you agree in principle with the idea that we should be sending people to Rwanda? Now, there might be some people who abstain and say, look, actually, I don't agree with this bill because I don't think it works. I agree with the principle. I'm going to see if it can be improved. I think it will get through second reading. I think enough Conservatives will vote for it because they will agree with it in principle. And then we'll go into what we call the committee stage, which will enable Conservative MPs and Labour MPs, people across the House of Commons, to come forward with their main amendments. And where the resistance will come, I think, from uh, Suella Braverman, Rob Jenrick, and that significant group of MPs they now find themselves lead leading, is they will push back on Clause 4 and Clause 5. Now, I suspect that the government will give way and they will yes. get their own way. Now, one of the challenges about that is, of course, this piece of legislation... Well, Rwanda is then pull out. Well, mm. this piece of legislation is giving legal effect to a treaty. So even if the Rwandans don't pull out, 
we have to renegotiate the treaty. And that is the difficulty of the position the Prime Minister finds himself in. And of course, even if Clause 4 and Clause 5 are improved by, uh, you know, the sort of the right wing, as the press would lazily label them, but no, I'll, I think I'll, I'll join with them. I think quite accurately, the right wing yeah. of the Conservative Party. Um, you then get the One Nation group, the left group of the Conservative Party, who will probably make an unholy allowance with the Labour Party, who will be resisting this. It's just going to be a bit bloody. And it's not going to sit... And the House of Commons is not going to sit over Christmas as Suella wants, is it? So it's going to be lingering... I'd happily sit over Christmas. I would happily sit over Christmas to get this done. All I just need to hear from the government is where I need to get my turkey delivered. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's Kafka-esque. How many more times? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can we renegotiate or discuss this policy? And every like, time we have to maybe, stop their mouths with goals. Yeah, maybe to, your uh... time would be better spent thinking of another workable way to, to, to manage illegal migration. Like, please, like, we're flogging a dead and a absolutely, dead, and, and flogging a dead the, bill. I like to check yeah. in at this moment. The barge, I, I'm thinking of setting up a Twitter account, Barge Watch. How many people are yeah, on the barge? Yeah, what's happened to the barge? Which the government has complete control over. It isn't in the hands of international courts. So, look, <laughs> so if, if you say this isn't going to work, it, it may not, right? And I'll tell you what my view is. Right policy, wrong country. Send people to... Jersey. Uh, Albania, like the Italians have just agreed. Jersey. I hear people talk about the Orkney Islands, um, you know, the Falkland Islands. I don't think the British people care what country we go to. If we truly believe in the deterrent effect of sending people to be processed abroad, I do, then Rwanda doesn't matter. Right policy, wrong country. Now, I'm going to move on. Uh, we also saw this week Boris Johnson the best Prime Minister this country's ever had, mm. Boris Johnson. <laughs> make me the laugh. worst Prime Minister this country's ever had. And that's just in one meeting. And I went to lots of meetings. <laughs> okay, we'll give um, you that. That's just to keep everyone happy to say Absolutely. those things. So Boris Johnson, in front of the COVID inquiry, I thought he did quite a good job. And I also thought he did the right thing by starting with an apology, Rebecca. I mean, I think it, the least you can do, isn't it, yeah. is, is start with an apology. I mean, I think it was very well, well rehearsed. I think it was a year he's been, um, been practising how that was all going to come across. He's got a very across. good media cage. Very, yeah, very good. And I thought the tears deployed at the Beautiful. right... right. Uh, Big, biggest you know, piece of ham acting since Crossroads. Yeah, talking about panto season. Exactly. I mean, yeah, get him, get him, he could be a new date. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't accept that. Uh, I think you two come a, with a certain viewpoint, which I, that's why we love having you on the show. <laughs> But I, if you go out and talk to ordinary working people beyond the sort of London metrosexual bubble, which 
Is that us? That's both, oh, right. both of you in habit. <laughs> um, I think people do think it was heartfelt. He was struggling to hold back the tears at one point. Yeah, he's clearly been deeply affected by this. Yeah. And I actually thought, I thought he did quite well. I thought his motivation and what he really felt... At least we didn't have jokes. No, we didn't, but True. it would have been completely inappropriate yeah, if we absolutely. had. absolutely. At least there was a seriousness of a purpose. Yeah, I'm, I think the problem is, is that, I mean, there are still such huge questions. It depends whether you believe that the WhatsApp's mysteriously disappeared mm. or, or, or that, uh, that, that they didn't. Um, so I think there were, I mean, look, he, he didn't make a fool of himself, which he has on so many occasions in the past, and which is one of the reasons why he was the wrong leader to, to take us through the pandemic. Uh, but I think that's fair. I think he did quite a good job. Take his, we were the first people to get the vaccine. Um, what do you think about the revelations know, that he was going to send the SAS to the Netherlands? Uh, 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 well, to he's go right. And he bloody right. If the Netherlands have got our vaccine, we should go and take it. It's not theirs, it's ours. I think that was the right thing to do. It was, he sort of betrayed himself a bit, didn't he? Because he used a rather colourful language to describe what he thought about COVID in early 2020. It's all, I think you're right. I think, you know, maybe he was legitimately very sorry for his performance. But what came out of yesterday and over the last couple of days, you know, is that this wasn't being taken particularly seriously, was it? They were having a laugh at back. They were using some callous and cruel language about people's lives. You know, people have had good innings. It's not how I would want, you know, someone to describe my elderly parents. You know, I, it's just, it mm. just, it was, it was so uncomfortable. And I think also there's stuff about sort of how Male-dominated. Absolutely, that such a macho. It was so exactly yeah. so macho, and it, it reflected itself in the policies. You know, the lack of support for women and girls trapped in abusive households. Yeah. You know, all he said was, "Oh, we gave money to helplines." Well, not a whole load of good, is it? If you know, you can't use a phone and you're trapped in an abusive household. So, I just think it. it I think it, it revealed so, my worst sense about what that. Okay, well, like look. So, we should never really talk about the COVID inquiry without remembering that a quarter of a million people. You bring it up quite Absolutely. correctly lost their lives. The biggest tragedy our nation has had, yeah. you know, since the end of the Second World War. Do you think, though, those people are being correctly served by this inquiry, which seems to be focusing on, he said, she said, well, this what is people... No, no, I want to hear... I'll come back to you in a moment. But, you know, what people said in WhatsApps, because you, you make the point quite correctly, um, you know, conversations... Are, is this inquiry doing a service to the families by really getting to the point which is, in 60 years' time, when this happens again, will Britain be ready? Do you think it's serving them? Not at all. I think it's serving kind of journalists. You know, it's, yeah. it's great copy. The WhatsApps, you know, it's, it's, it, it, and it's an opportunity, isn't it, for people to kind of salvage their careers and throw their enemies under the bus. But you're right, you know, those mm. poor families sitting in the, in the gallery yesterday listening to that stuff, you know, sobbing, standing outside with pictures of their loved ones. You know, the tragic mm. stories of people just not saying goodbye to, to people not having funerals. I think you're completely right. And I, I, what are we learning about how would we deal with this if this were to happen again. And, and we get the, when do we get the report in 2027? I Which mean, is it's, absurd. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's Sweden, Sweden has already done yeah. it. My yeah. mum died during the COVID pandemic. Yeah. It was a really difficult time. Mm -hmm. My family had no more difficult time than any other family. So I understand to some extent we couldn't have... She didn't die of COVID. She, 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 was, she died of cancer. But, the restrictions. you know, we couldn't have yeah. a funeral. Yeah. We couldn't, you know, so I know my mum died feel. And I don't think I mm. and, I'm just and my family, and it's not about yeah. me, but, you know, I'm just a member of, of the public, are being served by this inquiry. I think you're right. I don't think people are either. Matthew, I know you want to come back into the inquiry, so I want to pick you up on... Yeah. His very last comment, Boris Johnson started saying, or did say, that the inquiry should deal with where this COVID virus came from. And, in fact, that builds and picks up on some comments that Michael Gove made when yeah. he was giving evidence. He said the same thing. He said, in terms, there's a body of evidence or a group of people in this country who believe that COVID was a man-made virus and we should look into that. Now, on both occasions, Michael Gove and Boris Johnson have been shut down by the inquiry chair and other lawyers are there saying, that is not within the remit of this inquiry. Now, they are right. 
it isn't within the remit of the inquiry. And someone said to Boris, well, you know, you set this inquiry yes, up if you think that's an important thing. Yes. That was two years ago. I mean, the guy hasn't been prime minister for two years. Do you think we should expand the remit of this inquiry to only cover? months. Well, to cover, yeah. but, you know, they're basically, whenever this comes up, there's lots of people no, watching I, today who think that this was a man-made virus. And I must admit, I sort of down on that side of the fence uh, myself. And if we don't, so yeah. do you think this inquiry now... Boris couldn't know two years ago this body fair, of evidence. No. Do you this, think this inquiry should expand to look at the origins of the COVID virus? Yes, I think it should, because I think um, it, it, the role of an official body to look into it will either... You know, the conspiracy theories that are flying around, the suspicions, if it, if it doesn't look into it, it will just mm. add fuel to those who think that it, that it sort was man-made. It feeds man them, doesn't it? This idea absolutely. that you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to talk absolutely. about that. Look, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant, uh, as we always hear, and that's what the COVID inquiry is meant to be. And I, I mean, I'm, on the inquiry generally... Look, it's fun for people like me to, to you know, to see the to, to see the disquiet and displeasure of Tory mm. ministers and the in the infighting. But actually, as you say, in terms of getting to the the, the two big issues really, which are what what should we do differently next time? Uh, let's hope there isn't a next time, but we need to know just in well, case there, will there is. There will be. There will I mean, be. There's always a absolutely, time. even if it's even if it's not for a while. And secondly, you know, to get to the origins of the virus as well. And it seems that those are not the two focuses of the inquiry. Now, to be fair to it, this is block two, I think, and there yeah. are several sort of pillars blocks of this inquiry. Well, I think Quite, as you say I, the I think, I think they've been quite clear that, clear that they can't do this. I, I think people would look at this and say, if this they is should. a man-made virus, should we be asking yeah. China to pay reparations? Because, I mean, it's, you know, shut down our country, cost hundreds of millions, in fact, billions of pounds to the British taxpayer. I think British people would say, look, if this is a man-made virus, surely we should look to China to make some sort of recompense. Or even just acknowledge wrong, even if it's even man-made. at the very least acknowledge wrong if it yeah. is man-made, which I think they'll never. Do. And look at differences about how you know things in labs are treated. Because I think if it was man-made, it was cock up, not conspiracy. Mm. It was. It, it, I don't think they, the Chinese released it uh, 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 to war war on the West because, frankly, the biggest war has been on the Chinese people. Who I mean, it makes our lockdown yeah. look like a walk in the park yeah. where people were literally locked in apartment buildings. So Boris Johnson, I thought he did really well this week. Worst prime minister our countries ever have. Best prime minister our countries ever have. Worst or best? At worst. Worst. One worst. of the worst. You're both wrong. In the You're both period. wrong. He's the best. Right, BBC, the teletax. So we learned this week that the licence fee is going up by £10. The BBC, I think that puts it over £160 now. Good value, Rebecca? Yeah, I really do. And I think actually in light of that conversation we just had about kind of conspiracy theories and, you know, the, the void, you know, the vacuum that the internet increasingly fills now in telling people what the real news is. I think investing in our national broadcaster, the incredible journalism that they do, I know we've probably got thoughts on that, um, I think, you know, is, is, a, is good value. So is, is Hamas being a terrorist organisation a conspiracy theory or is it true? No, but it's not the BBC's job to designate. No, 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 but it's, not, it's the government's job. The government yeah, has designates them a terrorist organisation. So is the fact, should the BBC be calling the terrorist organisation? It's, it's the law of the land. I don't think it's their responsibility to, to, to tell me who is and isn't a terrorist, attack, terrorist group. I really right. do. Okay, well, I, again, I think you're wrong. Um, good value or bad value, the BBC? Excellent value. Protecting my pension as somebody who worked for the BBC for no, no, 14 years. I need to declare my interest. There. In all seriousness, the very big, the good piece of news this week on the BBC is the, is the appointment of Simir Shah uh, as the new chair. It, yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think the right person. There's no nobody in politics is disputing this. He's worked with the Tory government. He's got connections uh, uh, to people across politics. He understands politics, but crucially, he understands 
broadcasting as somebody with a huge amount of experience. Uh, and his job will be to have a quiet word, word with the Director General where it's needed. Because what I think we've seen at the BBC is a lack of leadership uh, over the last couple of years uh, in terms of just, you know, uh, uh, the hand on the tiller, just helping make sure that it goes to those choppy waters. On the licence fee, the government promised to give them an, uh, an inflation-linked uh, licence fee increase after the freeze for two years. They haven't. They've reneged. Yet another broken Tory promise. Uh, first one of the that I mentioned. Yeah, I know, but we have got a cost of living crisis. You know, uh, and you don't have a choice about your license fee. So people want to watch talk. And that's why we had two years online, of frozen. On your smart speaker and on your radio, you don't have to pay the license fee to watch talk TV, or you shouldn't. But in fact, if you've got a telly at home, whether yeah. you watch the BBC or not, and let's look at some of the things that the BBC has focused on. So I've already picked you up. I'm going to pick Matthew up. Hamas terrorist organisation? I, I think that the, the, the designated terrorist organisation is fine. They were a little bit slow off the mark on, on got themselves Completely in the message. made a fool of themselves. Yeah, uh, Doctor Who being picked up in a, an episode for not using the correct pronouns for an alien? Doesn't bother me. Do aliens have pronouns? Well, we found out on Doctor Who. Appa apparently yeah. they do. Um, what else? What, okay, here's a quick trivia question. You used to work there, I thought. Uh, what does Room 101 refer to? To George Orwell, the room in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> George Orwell, design room 101, based around very boring meetings that he ha used to have to go to when he worked for the BBC. They've all got, oh. they've all so named after the BBC now. has spent decades. He then put it in his 1984 yeah. as, as, the, as the torture room. The BBC has spent decades on nonsense meetings pushing wokeification of our oh, airwaves. Oh, come on. Uh, I, I sat in lots George of meetings. George Orwell, that well-known socialist. Uh, had something to say about it with Room 101. I made a documentary question. Every day is a school day on this I show. made a documentary with Andrew Neil questioning the European Convention on Human Rights called Rights Gone Wrong, question mark. So that shows that it wasn't all woke, even when I was there. <laughs> and the meeting rooms are all named after, uh, after people, but you've got to be dead for 10 years. I bet they've got rid of Room 101. Anyway. <laughs> the Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 